Ah, trust. It's difficult to earn. It can be lost in a moment. And once lost, it can take forever and a day to earn it back. But how do you begin to earn and build trust and credibility, especially online, if you're not widely known? In this episode, I talk with Kyle Young. He is the smartest product launch expert you've never heard of until now. In this episode, we're going to unpack everything you need to get started building rock-solid credibility and real influence for yourself. And we're going to talk about things like the five most influential words you can use to instantly build credibility. This is one of the most surprising things, kind of one of those facepalm moments. You're going to love this. We're going to talk about the reason expertise is a spectrum and how to figure out where you are on it because everybody has credibility right now, whether they realize it or not, and why relying on traditional credibility measures is a complete mistake. So lots of really good practical stuff in this episode that you can actually put into practice immediately. So let's dive right in with Kyle Young. All right, well... Here we are, and I have with me the man, the myth, the legend, every man's envy, every woman's desire, the Kyle Young. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you. That is like the best intro I've ever done. I know. I'm honored to be here now after that. I, I don't know if I'm going to... Have you seen that YouTube video about Scott Sterling, the, the goalie? They, they make that line, the man, the myth, the legend. That was the first no, time No, I, I haven't seen that. it. Oh, man. Well, I was honored to be on his level for a minute. Well, there you go. You heard it here first, folks. Kyle Young, he's a myth. Man, the myth. Well, so so let's start at the very beginning with who you are and what you do, and we'll just dive right into the conversation. And because there's a lot of really good stuff here that we're going to talk about, that is going to be probably the most practical stuff I've talked about in a while. So <laughs> tell us your story, Kyle Young. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So. The first thing I've got to say for my story to make any sense is I'm only 24 years old. And so if I don't say that, then there's going to be some things about my story that it's going to be a little bit confusing. Uh, starting here, which is when I was in high school, I remember I was about to graduate and everybody was asking, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's the way all my graduations work. That kind of irritated me. You, you graduate high school and nobody really says, like, congratulations. They say, where are you going to college? Then you graduate college and nobody really says, congratulations. They say, where are you going to work? And I've always wanted to just take a minute and actually appreciate the accomplishment, but that didn't always happen. But as I was nearing the end of high school, you know, everybody wants to, you got to pick your degree, pick your school. And I had a really hard time trying to pick a degree. And I knew what I enjoyed doing. I knew I enjoyed writing. I knew I enjoyed communicating. I knew I enjoyed um, kind of experimenting and having the chance to be a little bit analytical, but also to use that data to kind of influence my creativity. And so I kind of had a vague idea of what I wanted to do. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. And so I went to the University of Oklahoma, and I thought, you know, what's a degree where I felt like I could do anything? And so I actually majored in entrepreneurship and then ended up double majoring in business management um, with the goal that, you know, with an entrepreneurship degree, I could kind of buy myself four more years to figure out what I wanted to do. And it didn't quite work out like that. There aren't many people looking for people <laughs> with an entrepreneurship degree. <laughs> but uh, the management degree that I kind of added at the very end happened to pay off. And so I got a job with a company called uh, Full Plate Living, which is an online weight loss company. We sell weight loss courses that teach people how to lose weight and keep it off sustainably. 
And kind of our angle is we teach you how to do that just by changing your eating and um, using real foods. We don't have any powders or shakes or anything like that. It's just here's ways you can um, modify your eating and experience weight loss and actually keep it off. So I started working in that company, and that really turned out to be a cool fit because it used a lot of those skills that I knew I had and knew I enjoyed. Um, I get to be you know, one of our lead writers contributing to our blog process. I'm my technical titles are the product development director, so I lead the production of our courses and do a lot of the scripting for that. A lot of just kind of the creative work of you know how are we going to communicate this concept, uh, how are we going to make this in a way where it's something that the customer's going to actually enjoy and learn from and experience change because of it. So that's kind of where I am right now. I, I'm the product development director for Full Plate Living and um, spend most of my time developing content for them and um, then promoting our courses to our email list and to some employers that we partner with who like to offer this program to their workforce. I want to back up a little bit and give people some some real framework about what it is that you really do because in your position, it's you have to be this sort of alchemist, like somebody who takes uh, – metal and turns it into gold and there's there's this mix of psychological triggers understanding how people actually make decisions using writing skills and copywriting and this is i mean this isn't a small thing that we're talking about here getting people to um to view you as an authority you know as a not just an expert but an authority uh who is who is trustworthy enough that you give them your credit card, right? Uh Um, So I want everybody to understand that that's really, it doesn't matter what you're selling, what you're doing. Like everybody is in that business right now if they're online. And, and the reason why we're talking, the reason why I've had, I have Kyle here on the show is really for two reasons. The first is he's the only person who ever surprised me when it came to um, reaching out to to me as uh, as a blogger and somebody who's who's online. He sent me an email, and I don't know if you even remember sending me this this email. But the thing that caught me in it, uh, you said, "How can I make your life easier?" And it was the most unusual email I'd ever gotten and it stood out to me so much that you know you don't we started get that this kind of email all the time Kevin? no not all you the don't time wake never up in the morning, 18 emails in your inbox and it's just 18 people asking how they can make your life better never and it was awesome and so you know and so we strike up this relationship and and really start talking about what it is that you do and and I've learned so much about product launches and how to communicate, how to articulate uh, what it is that I do in a better way. But, but in the process, you know, one, one particular subject came up time and time again. Yeah. And, and so I surveyed my audience about this and asked them what their greatest struggle was. And the number one answer was that they didn't feel qualified to call themselves an expert. Yeah. And, and so you and I obviously have talked about this back and forth, and that's the reason why you're on the show because I feel like Kyle has a lot to say, uh, has a lot of wisdom to share about how do you how do you actually do that if if you don't feel like you have something to say, where do you start? So so let's start with that. Like where 
if somebody's listening to this and they don't feel qualified to be an expert because everybody's saying you have to be an expert, like where do you even start? Yeah, it's um it's interesting. There's this fear or this belief that when you're selling a product, everyone's looking at you. And that's not normally true. I'd say that's especially not true. Like say when I'm selling an online course, well, maybe, maybe not especially, it's probably more true with physical products, but people aren't really looking at you. They're looking at your product. They're looking at the solution you offer. They're coming to you with a problem. And I think sometimes there's this fear, oh, well, I, you know, I don't have this degree or I've never spoken to this many people or I, I don't have this. Well, they're not really paying attention to that. What, what they're looking for is for you to convince them that you have a solution to their problem. And being credible is part of that. And being credible increases the number of people who are going to actually trust you and maybe take that step. It's important. But it's by no means any kind of a prerequisite to get started because generally speaking, if you can convince people that you understand their problem and then show them that you have a solution that's actually worked, you know, it's best if it's worked for you. If it hasn't worked for you, find some people that you've helped that it has worked for. If you can do that, then the issue of your credibility really isn't, it's not a factor. You know, you can build authority and make more people trust you, but you, you don't need that to get started. Plenty of people are going to like you, trust you, and want to move forward with you as long as you have a solution to whatever they're struggling with. Yeah. Yeah. And I tend to think of expertise not as a um, all or nothing kind of proposition. It's really more of a continuum. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a scale of expertise and you don't have to be on the far end, you know, like rocket science, scientist uh, level ex- expert. Matter of fact, you probably shouldn't be because usually the higher up the continuum you are, the worse of a teacher you are to yeah. people. Honestly, that we were talking about what I do for a living, and that's a big part of it is I work with experts who have just huge amounts of technical information, and they're pretty good at explaining it. I'm not here to, to diss them, but um, one of the things I do is I, I take this technical information coming from um, a nutritionist and a, a counselor, and I try to put it into words that somebody who you know maybe is only giving us a portion of their attention can actually understand and do something meaningful with. And that's, um, that, uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Technical expertise is sometimes a hindrance. And if I met somebody who just had every degree in the world and thought they already knew everything, I'd be kind of scared to learn from them, especially if it was in any kind of field where there's change, because I, I want to be there with somebody who, uh, it's more important to me that they're constantly learning and keeping up with what's going on versus they think they already know everything. That, that's kind of a scary person to learn from. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, you, you know, And going back to this this survey when I was talking with, uh, well, emailing with with people within the community, so, you know, the, the first thing was they didn't feel like they were qualified, that they didn't feel like they were an expert. But then the, the follow-up to that was that they felt actually fear. So they were afraid of what other people would think of them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you've got some really good um, perspectives on that as far as who, who are we really afraid of? What are we afraid of? And why don't we hold ourselves out? with the knowledge that we already have. Yeah, I'm really excited that we're talking about that because I think this is I think this is a huge myth in our culture. There's this belief that everyone's afraid of what people think. And actually, and then you have all these celebrities and people who are, are trying to convince you, well, I don't care what other people think. It becomes this big thing. You know, your, your brand is kind of, we're all afraid, and then some of us are just desperate to let you know we're not. Um, I, I don't think that, that that's really even that true. I'm not convinced that we're really that worried about what people think. I, I don't particularly care what a, a lawyer in Seattle thinks of my work or what a 
a doctor in Kentucky thinks of my work, you know, if somebody who I don't really know doesn't like me, that doesn't really impact me. I, I think most of us are actually afraid of what maybe like two or three people think. Mm-hmm. And I think those people usually fill one of a few roles in our lives. I, I think one of the big ones is rivals. Um, I, I've always had just, there's something about my personality that people love to compete with me and I, I, I don't really love that. So I, I don't ask for that. But I remember showing up, transferring into a new high school and it was in like the first week that I'd been there. Somebody came up to me and said, hey, so-and-so, they hate you. I'm thinking, who is so-and-so and why do they hate me? And so I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. And they, they just kind of expressed that this person had kind of seen me and was just convinced that I was there to kind of steal the show. And mm-hmm. I was there to, you know, beat them out for everything. And I, I never, while I was there, ran for any kind of office or, you know, tried to have any influence. I just kind of went to class and did my thing. But I, I still, even with that attitude, developed quite a few rivals in life. And with those kind of people, when, when you're, there's some competition, that's the kind of person you're afraid to fail in front of. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of person hold that where fear holds you back is, is when there's kind of a rival in your life. I think sometimes there's people you're afraid of disappointing. Um, that could be a parent. That could be a friend. That could be yourself. I'll probably talk more about that in a minute. But um, And interestingly, I'm going to say something kind of spooky, but I'm not even convinced those people are always still alive. I think it could even be somebody who's maybe not necessarily a part of your life now. Maybe they've even passed away, but just the expectations that they communicated to you linger. And there's this mm-hmm. fear of kind of letting them down. Um, I think that it can be scary to fail in front of someone who doesn't think you can do it. Yeah. There's this belief, you know, we, we see like Nike and Adidas ads where some athletes talking about how nobody thought I could do it. And, you know, look at me now. And, you know, thanks for the motivation. It's kind of like, you know, love my haters and, I, yeah. I don't love my haters. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I want people to think I can do it. And, and to hear a bunch of people tell me I can't do it doesn't motivate me. It usually discourages me. And part of the reason is it's just, it's just really scary to fail in front of those people. It's like, well, I told you you couldn't do it. And, and there's yeah. just something about that that you, know, you don't want them to be right. So yeah. to me what that is, is, is there's this belief that we're afraid of people and that there's not a lot we can do about that. And I'm not convinced that's true. I think if you sat down with a pen and paper – and like, you know, drew four lines and filled them in with real names, I think you could probably identify a very short list of people that actually convince you that you're afraid of everyone, because you're not afraid of everyone. You're afraid of what a few people think, and you probably shouldn't be. You know, there's there's a few reasons for that. One is, first of all, some of these people, I mean, they don't even need to be a part of what you're doing. I mean, I, I have kind of rivals in my life or people in my life where... I could do so, we're not even really that connected, or, you know, people who, who don't want to see me succeed, and, and they're, not, they're not even going to be aware of a lot of the things I do, so that, that's the first thing. Um, secondly, you know, I, I just, they don't really have any power other than what I give them, and you, you don't want to let one of those people be the reason that you're afraid to move forward, because, I mean, that, that's, they only win if you let them, and so, yeah. It's just interesting. I don't know. I just think that's kind of a, a shift in thinking. So I think so many people think, oh, I'm just scared of what people think. Uh, I don't think you are. I think you're scared of what two or three people think. And if you can identify what that what those people are, then, you know, in some cases, maybe you can just look at the situation and say this really isn't an appropriate fear. In other situations, it may need you, you may need a conversation. I, I've had yeah. I had a conversation with my wife. It was about a, a project I was working on where she kind of implied that she didn't think I could do it. That's what I came away with. And I was hurt by that. And I kind of went back to her and said, you know, I didn't like that. And she said, oh, no, I, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't mean that. What I meant to, I don't, I think you can do it. I, I've seen you kind of start projects sometimes, not finish them. So I'm not convinced you will. 
And that mm-hmm. stung a little mm-hmm. bit too, but at least it was honest. It wasn't somebody who was out yeah. to give me. It wasn't somebody who wanted to see me fail. It was just somebody who was using data, using precedent to predict the future and, and <laughs> will probably turn out to be right. Um, because I do have a tendency to sometimes start things and not finish them. So if you have it down to two or three people, then I think you can either start kind of crossing them off or maybe even just you know talking to that person and um, working through it because it, it's – I just don't – I don't accept that we're afraid of what people think. I really don't care what most people think. It's, it's a tiny group of people that I really, really care that much about their opinion. Yeah. Well, and like you said too, most of them really come down to stories that we tell. Like we mm-hmm. tell ourselves that if you would just go and communicate with the person, you would discover that the story you tell yourself about them and their view of you is pretty distorted. You yeah. know, so you can't, you know, one thing, one thing will change your life if you stop doing it and it's, you know, stop making assumptions about everything. Don't, don't assume, you know, uh, why someone thinks a certain thing or the, the reason why they act a certain way and just, you know, just communicate, be open. And, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. There are only a few situations in my life and my wife and I have talked about this where, uh, we were able to pinpoint, uh, the sort of crabs in the bucket syndrome, you know, where I don't know if you've ever seen a bucket of crabs, but whenever one is trying to climb out, all of the others kind of reach up and drag it back down. Oh, really? I haven't seen that. Yeah. So, so there's this sort of mentality that occasionally there are people in your life who, you know, misery loves company. They don't want anybody to uh, succeed more than, than them Sure. And so they will either consciously or subconsciously try to drag you back down into the bucket. Yeah. Now, those people are, are very rare uh, because I think most people, uh, most people aren't malevolent, right? I mean, they, they at least try to have your, your best interest at, at heart. So yeah, I think I, at worst case, maybe they're kind of apathetic. Like they may not be willing to help you, but it it's, takes a lot of effort to get in somebody's way. <laughs> yeah, It's very absolutely. inconvenient to try to be the crab hanging on to somebody's leg. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so let's talk about what the next step is then. What, you know, let's say I'm in a position where, okay, I realize I have, I have some level of expertise on the continuum. I'm a little bit ahead of other people that I can share with. Now, how do I actually go about communicating my credibility? How do, what's the first step to earning their trust? I mean, what's, what's the first step in your in your repertoire, you know, your repertoire, what's, what's your plan? Yeah, for me, I mean, I'll go back to what I said earlier, but I I don't think it gets any more fundamental than this. I mean, the incredible thing is you can have all the credibility you need if you use five words and it's ridiculous because I mean, you could be, it doesn't matter whether you have a PhD, whether you're a high school dropout, you you can give medical advice, not necessarily legally, but you, you can do just about anything you want if you start with these five words, and those five words are, here's what worked for me. Hmm. If you can tell people, you know, I used to have this problem. I, I used to, um, I, say, let's, let's kind of use the medical thing just, just to kind of be goofy. I used to, oh, you have allergies. It's allergy season. Kevin, you and I, before we recorded this, we're just um, talking about how bad the allergies are right now. Oh, you have allergies. Oh, my gosh, I remember that. Oh, my goodness. What I hated is when I would look at the computer screen, my eyes would water, and it was just really hard to do my work. So I work on a computer, and I just couldn't really see that well, and I, I hated having kind of tears in my eyes the whole time. 
And somebody listening, that's like, yeah, 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 he, he's right. That is, that is how that is. And, and he understands it. So he, he gets the problem. I, I trust him. I believe he knows what he's talking about. And then you say, and you know, I, I haven't actually dealt with that in five years now. And then you create a little bit of intrigue. I haven't actually dealt with that in five years now because I, I figured out the secret to making that go away. And then what is the secret? I don't know. Maybe it's the drops you found or whatever. You know, th that's not what's important. But you've created all the credibility you need by saying, here's what worked for me. And, and that's, right. that's bizarre. And it, it's hard to believe sometimes. But that's so much better than saying, you know, I'm an expert at allergies. And here's, here, here's, here's the proof. If, if you want the proof, consider all the ads you see on television for medicine. I mean, hmm. unless there's some law restricting this that I'm not aware of, would it not be way more logical to have a real doctor get in front of the camera and say, this is the best medication on the market, I encourage you to take it? That would be the logical way to use traditional credibility to convince someone. I have the degrees, I maybe have the fame, I have the success, here's what I'm telling you to do. Mm -hmm. But none of them do that. I mean, I've maybe seen two ever that did it like that. What do they do? They pay some actor to go out there and basically say, here's what worked for me. Exactly right. It's the goofiest thing in the world. Oh, oh! I used to always live in fear because you know I would have chest pains and I didn't know what happened, and then I discovered Bayer Tylenol or whatever it is. I'm not here to prescribe medications. I don't know how any of these work, but it's somebody goes out there and says, "Here's what worked for me." In an industry where they have all the money they want, they have incredibly talented marketing experts, and they have access to people who have massive amounts of what I would call traditional credibility. They have degrees. They have a following. They have all this stuff, and they don't do that. They go find mm -hmm. someone you've never heard of and have them get in front of a camera and say, here's what worked for me. Because right. we, we believe that. As long as you can convince people that you actually understand the problem, then tell them that the problem has gone away and I'm going to tell you what made it happen. You really have a huge amount of credibility. And so I use that there with a physical product. You know, with an information product, one of the ways we just did that, I told you I saw an online weight loss course. We have a woman who works for us who has lost over 60 pounds and she's kept that weight off for over two years now. And so... The majority of our, we use a, a method of selling our courses where we give people some free videos and then after the videos are over, um, we tell them about the full course for people who want to go deeper and, you know, get a little bit more structure and experience faster results. And so we set these videos up and the majority of our videos weren't even about teaching so much. We did teach and we, you know, we had real value and, and we taught some really cool stuff, but the majority of them were just this woman sharing her story and saying, you know, I used to be like this. I used to feel, this is how I felt. This is what I couldn't do. This is what I was afraid of. And here I am today, and we had some pictures to show. You know, now I, I'm, I'm married to this man I love. I have this daughter who I'm, I'm so proud of. And I, we, we go out and on adventures together. You know, I'm not, I'm not, at this, there was a time when she talked about how she was, um, she had this degree in biology, and she was so afraid to apply for a job because she was just afraid she was going to be rejected. But instead she found a job just cleaning houses part-time. And there's nothing wrong with cleaning houses, but she had a biology degree, wanted to work in the field of biology, and was just didn't have the confidence to get in front of somebody in an interview, and didn't have the confidence to make friends or, or really, you know, kind of engage the world around her. And as a part of this journey now, I mean, it, when she was telling this story, I, I had to like kind of stop her and say, like, "Are you sure?" Because I, I met her after this transformation took place, or I kind of met her during, and it, it was difficult to believe because of how much change she had. And so it was funny. She had to convince me that she really understood the problem and had to go find photos and say, no, look, this was me. This was me when I was 60 pounds heavier. And yeah. seeing that, you know, you're okay, you, you do get it. And well, gosh, if it worked for you, then why wouldn't it work for me? Yeah. Well, it, I was, I was listening to a, um, a podcast uh, last week and they were talking about 
they'd gotten onto the topic of of expertise and yeah, before and after results and those kinds of things. And and Tim Ferriss came up, you know, with the four hour body, and he yeah. has people who, um, you know, it's all about you know, you know hacking your physiology and you know all of this kind of stuff that that created a lot of ne- negative stir online for him. But what they brought up in this podcast was, but look, I mean, people are sending in before and after pictures, people whose lives have literally been changed. I mean, yeah. you know, they had one guy who had lost 200 pounds and you cannot uh, deny something like that. I mean, here's a guy who he figured out how to do it. And like you said, you know, here's what worked for me. And, you know, there's something in us as humans that, I mean, we're hardwired to sit around the campfire and tell stories and we connect better with that than we do somebody just giving us linear, rational arguments about, you know, why you should do that, Uh you know, and part of it really does play into the um, kind of painting the dream of what you could be. So I look at that guy with the six pack and, you know, this, I did it in six minutes a day, you know, and I yeah. look at that and I think, well, I've got six minutes a day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could totally do that. If it works for him, it'll work for me. Yeah, I agree. So. And I want to point out that that, that picture of the guy with the six pack is only inspiring if there's a picture of that guy before he had a six pack. Exactly. If Otherwise no you just see the picture then... and you're like, yeah, he's just, Stupid guy. Yeah, he, he's just maybe he was born this way. Maybe you know, there's no reason to believe. You have to convince me that you were where I am, and now you're where I want to be. And right. if you can do that, then I don't care if you have a, if you know, if you're a certified trainer, if you have a degree in physical fitness, or you know, a PhD in abs. I, I don't care. It, it, you you did it. It worked for you, and I'm convinced that what worked for you could work for me too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's so, funny? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I just I think of all the situations I mentioned the the medicine ads, but just situations where you could find yourself where there's like a traditional expert, you know, you have like this expert cartographer in the car who who understands maps and locations and how to get places, and you know, sitting next to the expert, you know, geographer person who knows the way around is like your stupid idiot friend, and you're trying to get to a restaurant, and you're you know, the cartographer, which is that's a ridiculous word, but the the, the expert, so to speak. The traditional expert has all this information. Oh, we could do this, this, this. And your best friend's like, no, it's my favorite restaurant. I know how to get there. It, it, you know, mm-hmm. do this, do this. You just, this notion that you need traditional credibility, it, it cannot compete with just saying, look, like, I, I do this. And, and I want to be careful there because I think that's actually the way a lot of people mess this formula up is instead of saying, here's what worked for me, they say, here's what I do. And mm-hmm. I don't care what you do. Uh, a lot of, I mean, what most people are doing isn't working. I need right. to know it worked. And the way you're going to convince me it worked is show me where you were before, show me where you are now, and then tell me that whatever you're going to teach me is the reason you're not where you used to be anymore. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, it's just it's not. This is not a plan B. This is not a replacement for a killer degree. This is not a, you know, well, since I, I just I don't think I'm smart enough to be an expert, so I guess I'll just try this. This is plan A, and you know, traditional credibility is nice. There are ways to use it. We'll probably talk more about it in this conversation. But plan A is. I used to be here. Now I'm here, and I'd like to tell you what made the difference because I think it'd work for you too. And and that you you have so much credibility if you can do that. Yeah. Well, and I think the really the the next step beyond expertise, and 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 this gets more into the nuts and bolts of it, is how do you turn? You know, the challenge is to turn 
expertise into authority because you can be an expert and nobody would know it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, authority, authority is really just recognized expertise. Somebody else, primarily whom other people trust, look at you and say, okay, you know, here's what worked for this guy and he's trustworthy. You can listen to him. So if you're, because a lot of people listening to this are probably starting from zero or have recently launched something online and are trying to turn their expertise into authority. What are some ways they can do that? You know, some, some things that, that are proven that, you know, have worked for you, have worked for other people. Cause I mean, your job is essentially building trust with people, building authority. Sure. So I want to start with just this concept, which is when people, I'm going to assume that, you know, we're talking about doing things online. I'm going to assume you have a website. When, when people come to your website, just having a business and being the founder of a business really brings you a surprising amount of credibility. People look at, you're, you're the one in the video. And, and that's ridiculous. That's illogical. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But people actually see you as someone who knows more than they do a lot of times just because you're the person talking. And what's funny about that is that that's actually another reason that traditional credibility can be kind of risky is if you start talking about degrees or certifications or trainings, you know, in, I, I was actually earlier today, I was at a hospital and I was there with our nutritionist and she was teaching some of our weight loss techniques to people who work this hospital and encouraging them to sign up for our online course. What's funny is these people work in the medical field. I mean, we didn't have much to say that they probably didn't cover in school. And if we wanted to go in there and just talk about our degrees, you know, most of the people in the audience would outrank me in terms of their traditional credibility, their expertise in the field. But what they don't have is a success story. that They can't get up there and say, you know, here's what worked for me. And so right. when you compare the two, you know, I've already talked about this a little bit, but when people come to your site and see you there, you already have a decent amount of assumed credibility. People are funny. When, when we're the one in front of others, we're thinking, oh my gosh, they're, they're thinking, I've never heard of this guy. He must not be the real deal. And what's actually a lot of times more common is people are thinking, how have I never heard of this guy? Oh, this is embarrassing that I don't already know about this. I mean, you, you tell somebody about the new restaurant in town, oh my gosh, you haven't been there? And mm-hmm. pretty soon they're feeling self-conscious that they haven't been there. It's it's weird. We all, we tend to almost doubt ourselves. The audience tends to kind of doubt themselves, I think, more than they do doubt the expert, unless you're just saying things that are very obviously wrong. So that would be the first thing is just to set your mind at ease. If you're if you're teaching, if you're out there, if you, if you're kind of putting your your wisdom out in front of people, you have a degree of just assumed credibility. It's you have enough to get people to listen, especially if you've promised a solution to their problems. But some other things that you can do, um, you know, testimonials are important. If you're going to use testimonials, it really it doesn't have to be somebody famous. You, you don't have to. I, I think almost like somebody famous is in some ways it hurts you, because the best testimonial is the one where I look at that and I go, "Oh my gosh, that person is just like me." Mm-hmm. That that person experienced exactly what I experienced. I, I was using a testimonial recently for one of our courses we were selling, where this woman had 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 written it and, and given it to us and. She had this kind of lengthy testimonial where she talked about the process she went through. She had been on Facebook. She'd seen an ad for our company. She'd come to our company. She'd started kind of reading our blog. Then she found out we had a course. She wanted to take it. And then I think it was 50 pounds that she lost, maybe 60. And I kept all that copy because that was the experience that almost everyone had been through. They'd been Mm -hmm. on Facebook. They'd seen an ad. They'd started reading our blogs. And now they had to decide whether or not they wanted this course. And so they'd already gone three of the four steps she'd gone. So. 
if the first three steps were the same, why, why would the fourth step not work? So I, I don't even, you know, there's no reason to think, oh, well, I don't, you know, I, I don't have, you know, impressive enough friends to go get testimonials. Get real people who other real people can relate to. And, you know, that's going to be different based on what you're doing. You know, if, if you're working with, if you're trying to teach entrepreneurs how to do something, then it would be good if every one of them was so-and-so founder of this company or, you know, you, you want to show that they can relate to them. So in some cases, you know, it may not be, ordinary Joe, maybe they do need to look a little bit different, but find people others can relate to and get them to tell a story where people look at that and go, oh yeah, that, that could have been me. I, I could have been that guy as, just as far as his story is concerned. That, that mirrors my experience. So testimonials are really important, good testimonials. I love using pictures if you're going to do that. People's eyes, um, if you ever look at data on their programs where you can actually see where on a screen people are looking and that's a way that they look at an ad and make sure that they don't, they haven't overemphasized something that shouldn't be as emphasized or they haven't underemphasized something they really want you to see. And it's just incredible. When, when people see a face, the eyes just dart to it. And so it's a great opportunity to draw attention to it. So I would always include a picture, get the names in there. Um, testimonies are an easy way to do that. And like I said, they don't need to be some fantastic thing. They just need to be honest looking people, not honest looking. You want them to be actually honest people who can, um, who can talk about what you've done. And, and they don't even always have to be, sometimes it's for a new product, a new course, and you haven't had a chance to let people go through it yet. Then just be honest with people and say, you know, I haven't had anybody go through this yet, but here's some people who have, you know, gone through this other training I have, or here's some people I've coached, or here's some people I've worked with. And just let them tell the stories of how you've made their lives better. And that's how you would use testimonials. Yeah, yeah. Well, so let's take what's worked for you and flip it upside down and talk about what hasn't worked for you because you've experimented with a lot of different stuff, a lot of different tactics and strategies. Like what are the absolute uh, dead ends that you have found things that you thought you were right, but you were wrong. And the, you know, things that translate into mistakes that you see other people making that we can avoid. Yeah. I think one of the biggest mistakes you can make, and, and I, I'm kind of answering the last question, not the first. I'll have to stew a little bit on some of the the dead ends we've had in this area. But one of the biggest mistakes I think you can make is just turning your content into just a big brag fest because you're insecure, because you're worried that people aren't aren't listening. And so you just get out there and it's, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And again, I mean, I, I can kind of pick that apart. You, you have a degree in business. Well, I also have a degree in business. Maybe, is my, maybe mine's from a better school. You know, I, it, it's just you're, you're making – you're objectifying it where if you do it in this context of here's what worked for me, it's very difficult to argue against that. Like you said, I mean even, even on plans and programs, you're like, that, that looks kind of goofy. How, how could six minutes do this? And then it's like, well, here he is. You know, what are yeah. you going to do about that guy? And um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that's a quick way to make a mistake is nobody really wants to sit there and listen to you brag. Like basically nobody. If you want to communicate your credibility and, and just start listing things off, the best way to do that is to do it in a story. And I actually, Kevin, you and I were talking about this kind of recently. You know, it, it's great. You can almost kind of like, this is kind of a trick. You can kind of make it seem like you're devaluing your expertise in the context of the story. And mm-hmm. in the process, you can actually build your credibility. And this really needs to be done carefully because if you do it poorly, it's it's kind of awkward. But I'll take a stab at it just on the fly and say, you know, when, when I started working at this company, Full Plate Living, you know, this was a content marketing organization and I was worried about that. You know, I didn't have a degree in content marketing. I, I double majored in management and entrepreneurship 
And, you know, I felt like I was smart. I had the opportunity to actually graduate in three and a half years, and I had these honors, but I was actually really scared. I didn't know how I was going to find a way to develop the skills fast enough to compete in an industry that I really didn't know a lot about. So I could keep going, but I'm going to stop there. You know, in, in that story, I'm talking about what I'm afraid about, or I was talking about kind of my fears, I was talking about some feelings of inadequacy, and I didn't do a great job of it. But in that context, I was able to weave in some things that included you know, kind of some accolades versus just sitting here and going, oh, I went to this school, I got this degree. You know, nobody wants to hear that. If you can do it in the context of a story and maybe even kind of downplay it a little bit, like it's not, and here's the part where I tell you how great I am. It's, it's more, and now I'm going to kind of cover just my journey. Here's where I was. You can actually find a way to weave in a lot of authority and credibility that people, it doesn't even look like that's what you're doing. And honestly, that's the best, the best, if you're going to, when you're trying to communicate credibility, that's the best way to do it. If people know that's what you're doing, you're probably not doing a great job of it, if if because that's it's just really boring to sit there and watch someone try to look important. Right, right. Well, and you know, like we've been talking about, I mean, storytelling really is. It does. People let their guard down when you begin telling a story. Yeah. Uh, because you're not immediately trying to prove anything. I mean, you're just telling a story, and we all we all do have this kind of innate desire to. Um, be respected. We want to be seen. Well, you know, we really do want to be trusted. And, but like you said, you can, you can definitely try too hard. And, and I'm just as guilty as anybody with that, because I mean, that comes from a place of insecurity of, oh my gosh, I'm probably, probably not as good as the next guy. Well, you don't have to be, I mean, you just have to absolutely don't have to be, you just have to be who you are. And that on some weird, like, some weird level, it works. I mean, because that's really what people want, especially now with the way the internet works and we're marketed to so much. So people's BS meters are becoming much more finely tuned. And, you know, so I think everybody knows when they're being sold a bill of goods. Yeah. And they just, they just want somebody to be real with them. So. Yeah. And you, you talked about how there's somebody better than me. And, and in a sense, that's true. But that, that also is similar to another myth that I think can really harm people. And that's this belief that, I don't know, expertise or, or value is always, you know, something you can prioritize. And I remember listening to a Ted talk a while back that Malcolm Gladwell did. And he was talking about this guy who had been called in to find the perfect pickle. This pickle company wanted him to run these tests and they were going to try these different kind of flavor combinations. And they were going to find the perfect pickle that everybody was going to love. And then, you know, they were just going to sell so many pickles. And in the process of doing this, what he learned is there was no perfect pickle. Some people liked the sweet one and some of them liked the sour one and some of them liked the you know, crunchy one and some of them liked kind of the softer one. But there just wasn't a perfect pickle. And it's the same way with experts. Someone may know more than you do. Eh, that's fair. But there are going to be things that you're better at too. You're, you're going to maybe be a better communicator. But the best expert for any given customer is the one that they can understand and relate to and trust. And so – yeah, there are people who may know more than you, but there's not like this this ranking. You know, this isn't like college basketball. You're not like ranked 25th and there's other guy ranked third. You, you are number one for somebody because there's somebody you can communicate with that other experts just aren't able to reach in the same way. There's something about yeah. them that it, it's difficult to trust. Maybe they can't find themselves in that story. Um, you know, something I've, I've seen a lot of recently. There's a lot of a lot of people teaching entrepreneurs who they're women and they basically make their model that I'm a woman here to teach other women. 
And because there's just something about that, that, oh, well, you know, here's something we can relate on. And, and it's as simple as gender, but here's something we can relate on that makes me connect with you in a way that I don't connect with, say, a male expert. And so there's just, there's just no such thing as, you know, oh, well, you know, you're, you're number five and the other guy's number one. And you're not. You're number one for somebody. And yeah. so the key is just to be authentic and rely on the fact that, you know, you have a solution that is going to make their life better and, and focus on that. And then you've, um, you've solved a lot of problems. One of the problems you've solved, one of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to sell something, or really when they're providing, when they want someone's attention, is they don't focus on, you know, what's in it for the listener or the reader or the, the viewer. That They just kind of talk about what they want to talk about, and people don't really care. I mean, you have to make a promise. I'm going to show you this, the result. Because, because of what you're going to learn, you're going to be able to do this, and that's going to make your life better in this way. And then you've got to go deliver on it. And so... When you have people who are not focused on the solution and they're just kind of busy trying to like list off their, their this or their that, you know, this award, this degree, it gets boring really fast compared to somebody who just gets out there. If you want to build credibility, and, and I'm, I'm going to like pause, this is a new point and it's a very important point. If you want to build credibility, get out there and show that you know what you're talking about. And, yeah. don't, and don't, actually follow through. Yeah, follow through. Don't, don't sit there and try to, you know, it, it's, you know, Kevin could, could, spend three hours trying to convince me he could dunk a basketball or he could go out in the basketball court and we'll find out whether or not he can dunk a basketball. And, you know, you, you can don't spend five minutes rattling on about all the stuff you've done. Spend five minutes just proving you can do it. Spend five yeah. minutes proving that you do have a real solution. Start talking and, and, and let them let them be the judge and just get after it. And you, you can build credibility so quickly just by showing that you, you know, look, I know what I'm talking about and, I, and I'm bringing you value. As you bring value, you're building credibility, and that's so much better than standing there and trying to convince people that they should listen to you. Just start, start going. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it really comes down to uh, speaking to somebody. You know, don't try to speak to everybody. Yeah. Don't fake it. People will know if you're faking it. Um, you know, because there's this whole you know, fake it until you make it. Well, no, just be yourself. Realize that you don't need to reach 10,000 or 50,000 people. You really just, you need to reach a small number of people that you speak their language and they speak yours. And I, I ran across a, um, a gentleman that, this must have been about two weeks ago, and we were talking about this idea of 1,000 true fans. And, and uh, he said, you know, I, I have about 2,500 people uh, in my community. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. But it was very specific what he was doing. And, and I said, well, you know, how does that work for you? And he said, oh, well, I, you know, I made about $300,000 last year from 2,500 people. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you don't need millions of people, No. Uh, but you do have to know what you're about. You do have to know why you do what you do. Uh, I mean, Simon Sinek has this really wonderful TED talk about, he wrote a book called Start With Why, you know, the question why. And he says, people do business with you um, not for what you can do for them or how you do what you work, uh, how you do what you do. They care about why you do it. And it's it's a really brilliant talk because he, he uses Apple as an example. Yeah. And it's it all comes down to stories we tell ourselves. And why do people choose Apple over uh, PC? Well, it's because their choice tells a story about who they are and what they who, value. Who they, the customer, are not who Apple is. 
exactly who the customer is. So, you know, I'm, I'm hip, I'm creative, I'm, you know, I challenge the status quo. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just a matter of connecting with people on that level uh, who also value the same things as you. Um, and, and that's really all it is. Yeah, and, it's a great talk. And, and it's funny because you're talking about how you don't need a million fans to support yourself. You need a thousand true fans. And what's funny is the reason that's true, it, it, that's why you have to be authentic, is because you don't need a, a thousand so-so fans doesn't do it. You need a thousand true fans who are committed to you. And the only way you're going to develop that kind of a relationship is by being authentic and then attracting the people who see you and go, oh, okay, you know, that's somebody I can relate to. That I, I get that. That that's somebody, you know, that's why it works. Because people yeah. who have millions of fans, I mean, there are some who have millions of fans and some of them are really devoted, but, you, you know, that's why a thousand true fans is better than a million casual fans. And the only way to develop that true fan relationship is to be authentic and just put yourself out there and um, understand that there are going to be people who like you and people who don't like you and, you know, go with that. Yeah. And, and I'll encourage people with this, which is this fear never, ever, ever goes away. At least not in my experience. We have so much credibility in my organization. We have a New York Times bestselling book. We have degrees. We have testimonials coming right and left. We have all this. And, and still, it's, it seems like not a, a blog meeting goes by where at least once this issue comes up where we want to recommend something that we know can help people and make their lives better. And we're kind of scared mm -hmm. to say it because maybe we don't have you know, a Harvard research study to back it up. Maybe we don't have... Um, you know, maybe we don't have the traditional credibility, but we're doing it. We've seen changes. You know, and so say say I've tried it, or one of my coworkers has tried it, and here's how it made me better. Here's how it worked for me. And there's that, that fear doesn't really go away, even when you have traditional credibility, even when it's worked for you. So you're you're not going to outgrow it. You're not at a, just it's not the a problem that's specific to like the early stage of business development. It's a yeah. problem that doesn't go away, and it's a problem that kind of flares up every time, you know, somebody gets on and kind of kind of a troll or a crab, if you will, to use your analogy, Kevin, and kind of tries to pull you back down. So it, it's going to be there. It's going to come back up. And hopefully that's not discouraging, but actually encouraging to show that, you know, it's not, um, you're not in a weird position. You're, you're in a position that the, the person you're intimidated by, the expert you look at and think, well, gosh, I, I could never be like that. They deal with the same fears that you do. They're yeah. just it, not listening to them. The exact same fears. Yeah. Well, man, this is, I love talking to you. This has been really helpful, really encouraging for me. And I, I just want to let everybody listening know that in his spare time, Kyle raises wolves. Yeah. And that's what you hear <laughs> in the background. Kyle in the background, yeah. yeah he raises wolves. In Oklahoma. But, man, you're doing really good work. And it's, it, it's, hard, to, it's hard to articulate, uh, you know, com complex things in a very simple way that people can then take and put into action. And I really appreciate that about you and your, you know, your ability to really just boil it down. And so, uh, thanks for, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge. Uh, is there anywhere online you want people to track you down at? You know, I, I don't at the moment. If you're interested in losing weight sustainably, check out fullplateliving.org. But, um, no, I, I'm not. I'm not blogging right now. Just um, doing things like this here and there when I get the opportunity. Sharing your love with the world. Sharing the love. That's right. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, I guess we'll just catch you next time. Very good. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Well, there you have it, my friends. If you want to take 
your own personal genius, your own gifts and passions, and learn how to build those out, build credibility, and begin turning your passion into a profession, be sure to check out kevinkaiser.co. I've got lots of resources for you, many of which are free that you can take and start using today to build credibility just like we talked about today. So thank you for being here. We'll catch you next time, my friends. Peace out.